Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Everybody and welcome to uh, Quantum Kickflips Season Two Preview. Uh, new listener jumping on episode, uh, whatever we're calling this. I am Robin. I am your host, and I am here uh, with your other host, uh, Lena. Hello, it is me, Lena, your other host. <laughs> um, we're just here <laughs> to uh, give you a little preview of what to expect from Season Two of Quantum Kickflip. Uh, we're gonna kind of recap the first season uh, in the broadest terms. We're not gonna spoil anything, but just kind of give you a sense of what this show is, what it's all about, uh, and what you can expect from the coming season. So if you've listened to the show before, uh, we're going to be, you know, giving you your first sneak peek and hyping up season two. Uh, But more importantly, if you've never listened to the show before, uh, this is sort of your jumping on point. We're going to give you everything you need to know about Quantum Kickflip so that you can just jump right into season two, because we are actually starting a brand new adventure here uh, with a brand new set of characters. It's a a completely new story separate from season one, Uh, but there's still a couple of things you might want to know going in, uh, and that's what we're here to discuss. So uh, Lena's going to be asking me some questions about the first season of the show, since I was sort of the host and uh, game master the first time out. Uh, and then we're uh, going to switch roles here, and I'm going to pick Lena's brain about season two and what we can expect from that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, um, I'm excited to talk about all of the things uh, and to give the audience permission to not have to stress about listening to like 36 episodes before jumping into season two. It's okay, we got your back. <laughs> Yeah, like let's be clear, season one is awesome. We're very proud of yes, it, and you should absolutely go it. check it out. It's it's super great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, there's a lot of episodes. It's a little daunting, and maybe you want to listen to the new season in real time and and be there as it happens, and and then go back and listen to season one later. Uh, and we want you to be able to do that without uh, having a bunch of homework. So so that's what we're here for. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my first question uh, to you, Robin, is what is Quantum kickflip. Oh man, what is quantum? That's such an existential question. No, it's a <laughs> uh, it's a podcast uh, produced by uh, a sketch comedy group in Edmonton, Alberta, called the Debutantes. Um, we make you know sketch comedy videos. We do live sketch comedy shows. We've written plays. We've written movies. Uh, and now we're doing this. We're we're doing a, a podcast, which is an actual play where the six members of our comedy troupe play the tabletop role playing game Slug Blaster. Uh, and sort of tell a long-form narrative story of, over the course of many episodes using the framework of Slug Blaster to help tell the story. Nice. <laughs> yeah, does that sort of end? That, that, I feel like that kind of covers it. I think so. I was trying to think of a follow-up and was like, I think you, I think you got it. I mean, uh, uh, obvious follow-up. Uh, I think when people think of actual play podcasts, they probably think of like, D&D first and foremost, or maybe like something Blades in the Dark or Powered by the Apocalypse or something. So what is Slug Blaster? What's the deal with that? Yeah, so Slug Blaster, as I said, is a a tabletop role-playing game, uh, but it was created here in Edmonton, Alberta by Mikey Hamm, who was a good friend of ours. Um, It is currently... 
Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it might be out, but when we started the show, it hadn't been released yet. We were beta testing it and sort of uh, play testing the game for Mikey uh, to see how it plays uh, over the course of a long campaign. And we decided to record that and make the show. Um, it is based on the tabletop role-playing game Blades in the Dark, uh, which if, you, if you're very unfamiliar with role-playing games... Uh, probably the one you know about is Dungeons and Dragons. All of these games that we're talking about are variations on the same kind of idea where you're, you're role-playing, you're telling a story, you're making up a story together in character and using mm. rolls of dice to, uh, determine the outcomes of decisions and problems and whatnot. Um, Blades in the Dark is a little bit of a different system, uses more D6s, like classic board game dice, than, uh, than Dungeons and Dragons with all its weird polyhedral dice. Uh, and there's some differences into in how the mechanics work and stuff. And then Slug Blaster is taking that formula, that system, Blades in the Dark, uh, and putting a little spin on it. So the whole deal with Slug Blaster is that it is about uh, bored small town teenagers <laughs> who uh, use fanciful science fiction technology like hoverboards and uh, ray guns and reality cannons to sneak into other dimensions and go on adventures together and sort of escape their boring small town lives uh, by going on high stakes adventures in parallel universes. And that's sort of the, the framework of the story and you make your own teenage character uh, and you, you get your own signature weapon, your own signature device of some kind uh, and you go on these uh, crazy sci-fi adventures with your, with your friends. Yeah. Uh, and like the game itself too has like, Quite a few different uh, uh, nostalgic touchstones. Uh, it's got, you know, uh, uh, board tricks, very like Tony Hawk Pro Skater kind of energy. Uh, um, yeah, very hoverboard focused, very like your, yeah. your skateboard teens, but but your skateboard can kind of fly. And like uh, wild sci-fi things, fantastical monsters, fantastical other dimensions um, that have like a lot of sort of Mario levels kind of vibes to them. Yeah, um, different like there's there's a dimension that's all fire and lava and there's a jungle dimension with like ancient robots uh, that like ruins of these massive robots and stuff. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and through all of it, you are playing teenagers with your teenage problems. Um, and it's a delightfully silly time. Um, so the game is called Slug Blaster. It is about these teens going on adventures. What is not Slug Blaster the game, but Slug Blaster the activity? What is, what do you do when you are slug blasting? Yeah, so in the, like, fiction of the game, there is this action sport, uh, referred to as slug blasting, um, which is essentially what, what, teens call, you know, sneaking into other dimensions and going on adventures. And it can look like a lot of different things. It is, uh, I said, very hoverboard focused. So sometimes it's literally just like, we're going to go ride our hoverboards in a place where we shouldn't be. We're going to go, you know, uh, skate the ruins of an ancient alien civilization, or we're going to go uh, do cool flip tricks in a dimension where there is no gravity or like things like that. Um, mm. But it can also be all kinds of, it's kind of a catch-all term for just like this subculture of teens who are sneaking into other dimensions to sort of escape from their own. Uh, and what that looks like can vary wildly from game to game and from player to player kind of thing. Um, but there is sort of some hallmarks of like skateboard culture and that there are, uh, there are crews, there are like groups of teens who all go on these adventures together, uh, who sort of bond and brand themselves together. Uh, and there are, sp uh, sponsors there. Like a lot of these crews are looking to get picked up by 
uh, some sort of corporate sponsor get a sponsorship deal so that they can pursue this more seriously. So much like, you know, action sports in the real world, this is uh, a similar kind of thing, but uh, still very much on the underground where like some places have embraced it and some people are on board and other people are very much concerned about like what a, what does traveling to other dimensions due to the makeup of the teenage brain. What effect does that have on your, you know, quantum essence and stuff? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the game very much presents these things as like, not fun concerns, but also maybe not invalid concerns that, that parent yeah. groups might have. Um, but, you know, you're playing as cool teens who don't care about any of that stuff. Right. A lot of sticking it to authority in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So say you have, you know, the the game Slug Blaster, you have your GM, you have your players who've picked their, like, playbooks and signature devices and stuff like that. Um, what does, like, a typical Slug Blaster session around the table, uh, virtually or uh, real table, what does that look like? What can you expect in a typical Slug Blaster session? Yeah, so usually there's, like, uh, the the run portion of the game, which is where... You and your friends have have decided to go on an adventure in a specific dimension. Uh, usually has a goal of some kind. You're trying to obtain something or get somewhere or break a record or beat a high score or just in general, like you, you have something that you're looking to accomplish in another dimension. Um, you go off and attempt to do that. Along the way, you're going to be rolling dice. And the way the system works in Slug Blaster is uh, if you roll a six... You get to successfully do the thing you're trying to do, but if you roll a four or a five, uh, there are complications, there are problems that crop up, and that's where the GM gets to kind of step in and and throw problems at you. And if you roll a one to three, you fail the thing you were trying to do, and there's complications. Uh, so it very quickly goes off the rails. There's more and more. There's monsters that show up, and there's... Uh, collapsing bridges that you have to cross in the nick of time, and there's lasers flying, and there's all kinds of stuff. Um, so the, the game is very much driven by those rolls and by the complications that arise when you roll less than perfectly. Uh, and then there's the second half, which is the downtime portion of the game, which is where you've gotten back from your adventure, hopefully, you know, intact and, and alive and not missing any <laughs> limbs. Um, and you return to your regular small town life and have to, you know, deal with your parents and your school and your authority figures. And uh, usually that is less of a like linear narrative and more like jumping around montage style, seeing brief scenes. Uh, because over the course of the run, you rack up uh, things uh, known as style and treble. Uh, anytime you like do something awesome and, and look cool, you get style points. And anytime you uh, do something uh, poorly or have to avoid a negative consequence, you take on treble points. Um, and then you spend those things in the downtime phase to play out the the sort of rest of the story. So if you got a lot of style points, maybe you get a really good scene where you're like, you know, your parents are uh, none the wiser to your interdimensional antics and you get a mm -hmm. bigger allowance. Uh, if you <laughs> uh, have racked up a bunch of trouble, then maybe you're uh, grounded or in a fight or maybe you uh, are in detention at school or you have some sort of uh, obstacle in your way of continuing to go on these adventures. Um, and that's sort of the other half is, is telling that like back in the real world uh, half of the story. Yeah, it's got that juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
Cool. Um, so I feel like that's a really good sort of summary of what Slug Blaster the game is and what one can expect from playing a game of Slug Blaster. So coming back to Quantum Kickflip, we have recorded a full season at this point, uh, a beginning, middle, end of a story. Season two is going to be a totally new story. So um, for those who might not have listened to season one or maybe has only listened to part of it, without Going too far into spoiler territory, because uh, we want to give people the room to listen to season one if they haven't yet. Um, what are some of the things that happened in season one? Yeah, so broadly speaking, the story of season one centered around uh, this group of five teenagers who were all entering uh, a new school for their first year of high school. Uh, we had uh, Angus and Nick and Chester and Elliot and Lake. Uh, who all met each other sort of on the first day of school uh, and at a, a party after school and ended up on an interdimensional adventure together and sort of were thrown together and ended up forming this crew um, that then throughout the course of the first season went on uh, many, many adventures um, <laughs> and had to contend with things like uh, a group called the Arborists, who are like a, uh, a religious order from another dimension who are all about protecting the balance of the multiverse uh, and don't always appreciate uh, snotty teens uh, getting into interdimensional hijinks. Uh, there's also an organization <laughs> called Rescue, who are like uh, the mall cops of the multiverse who come in and take you home to your parents when you're somewhere where you shouldn't be. Uh, and there were corporate sponsors that they ran into, uh, including Miper, which is like a, a giant corporation that makes a bunch of the technology that they use on their adventures uh, who were mm -hmm. interested in in potentially sponsoring the crew. Um, so yeah, broadly speaking, season one was all about uh, the story of this crew. Weird Gravity uh, was their name, uh, kind of forming going on adventures, rising to fame and popularity, um, making some enemies along the way, uh, and uh, navigating corporate sponsorships and uh, inter-crew rivalries and stuff like that. Uh, and to go any more into detail might get into spoiler territory, so that's that's the broad story I'm going to give. But they uh, end up discovering some some secrets about their own pasts and about the the nature of the multiverse and the history of the multiverse. Uh, there are some shocking revelations. There are <laughs> some climactic battles, uh, and it all kind of comes to a head uh, by the end of the season. Um, and, you know, do they make it out uh, with their their lives? Do they make it out with their crew intact? Do they make it out with their friendships intact? You got to listen to season one to find out all of that. Ooh, mystery. Um, but uh, going into season two now, we are just about to start it. Is listening to season one a requirement? Do we need to listen to season one to understand what is happening in season two? Absolutely not. Uh, that's our goal with season two is to tell a completely new story that is, uh, while it, it will take place in the same uh, sort of continuity as season one, like they, we are in the same multiverse and the events of season one have happened. Uh, mm -hmm. We are following five brand new characters, brand new crew, um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what that is going to look like, but uh, it, it will be the start of a new story. Um, listeners who have heard season one might catch a few uh, of the, you know, might 
understand if he references and might uh, know some of the factions at play. They might uh, be more familiar with groups like the Arborists or the Dimensions that we're visiting might seem a little familiar because they may have seen other sides to them on previous episodes. Uh, but we're going mm -hmm. to approach it all as though you haven't heard any of this before and, and you're hearing this all for the very first time, um, which is part of why we're doing this little episode here is to make sure that... Uh, that we're not leaving anyone or alienating anybody that we're everyone can sort of feel like they they know what's going on in this show. Yeah, amazing. That's that's fantastic. It's good to get everyone on the same page and listeners if you're listening to our lovely voices right now, you're doing good. You done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know all you need to. You can go into season 2 um knowing uh or being fully confident that you know everything you need to know. But you should listen to the rest of this episode because we're going to talk a little about season 2 and get y'all hyped up. Uh, however, before we do that, we've got to take a brief break to, uh, thank some sponsors really quickly. Um, Quantum Kickflip is, uh, uh sponsored in part by, uh, the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society. You can, uh, check them out at amaas.ca and their goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. And we thank them very much for their contribution to the show. Um, and we are also proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, uh, and they have a ton of amazing locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com, including the entire first season of Quantum Kickflip. So you should absolutely check them out and check that out uh, over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Lainey, you want to tell them about the Patreon? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to us there for just $5 a month. You get early access to all of our newly released episodes. We usually release them bi-weekly on Wednesday with the Patreon access. You can listen to these episodes by the Monday. Um, so if you absolutely just cannot wait to get your fix of season two and to listen to every episode as soon as possible, possible. Um, that is exactly how you can do that. Uh, in addition to early access to our episodes, you also get bonus content, including interviews with the players, outtakes, and all sorts of other special goodies, including a session zero for this season two. Uh, we all sat down and had a recording session where we talked about the world that we're living in, the nuances of the world, and we delved into character and crew creation. We recorded all of that, and we will be posting that as a Patreon exclusive. So if you want to hear all of that good stuff, um, head over to patreon.com slash quantum kickflip. And for just $5 a month, you can get all of those goodies. Yeah, I can attest to the fact that uh, we recorded our Session Zero for the first season as well, and that was fascinating to go back and listen to after having completed the first season, you know, hearing where it all started and how we came up with some of these ideas. And season two is... Uh, Without spoiling anything, a lot more ambitious than season one. There's a lot more uh, world building that went into it and a lot more like uh, just just building things from the ground up. So that that session zero, uh, I, I can't wait for folks to hear it because we covered a lot in it's, that. It's broken up into a few parts. Yeah, there may be there may be quite a bit to uh, to take in there. So you definitely don't mm -hmm. want to miss that. Um, you essentially get double the podcast. Everyone else is listening bi-weekly, but you get a new thing from us every single week. So can't re recommend that Patreon enough. 
Um, uh, this episode of Quantum Kickflip is also sponsored by the Edmonton Community Foundation. Uh, the foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Uh, Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council uh, to measure how the community is doing, and this year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. And you can learn more about all of that at ecfoundation.org. That's ecfoundation.org. Uh, this episode of Quantum Kickflip is also brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Once again, that is ab.bluecross.ca. All right, we've plugged all the things we need to plug. Follow us on social media. We're at Quantum Kickflip on everything. Um, but I digress. <laughs> it's time to start talking about season two. Uh, and we're going to, uh, sort of trade roles here and I'm going to ask you some questions because, um, well, we'll, we'll find out why that might be. Uh, first of all, Lena, what is staying the same in season two of Quantum Kickflip? Uh, well, once again, um, Quantum Kickflip will be brought to you by the uh, same six people that you know and love. Uh, it is put on by the, the debutante sketch comedy group. Um, we are still playing Slug Blaster. That game is uh, staying the same, of course. Um, and as we mentioned a little bit earlier in this episode, season two is going to take place in the same multiverse and rough continuity of season one. Everything that happened in season one is true we're not alluding to it or making direct references once again you don't have to listen to season one to understand what's happening in season two but i mean it's such a broad expansive world to explore well many many worlds to explore um that we don't really need to wipe the slate fully clean and start from scratch what we've done before is still true and there is still so much for us to explore in season two. Yeah, I'd compare it to like, not the later Marvel stuff where it's, you know, every movie <laughs> leads into the next movie and, you know, you have to watch this one so that you can watch the next one so you can watch the Avengers movie where it all comes together. And more like those like first two or three where it's just like, this is a story about Thor, and you don't need to know anything about Iron Man to watch Thor. Um, but if you've seen Iron Man, you might catch a little wink there. Like, that's that's the same little government dude that's popping in. Neat. Um, that's that's the level of interconnectedness we're going for. Yeah, um, early, early Marvel with no post credit scenes. <laughs> yeah, before it gets exhausting. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, natural follow-up question. What's changing in season two? What's new that we can expect from the second season? Um, well, probably the first big thing that I should mention um, that uh, will explain why we have switched roles in this particular <laughs> interview is that you are no longer the GM. What? I am the GM. <laughs> I oh, stole it from you. <laughs> and this is how they tell me. Oh, man. Surprise, nerd. Nah, I knew about I, I it. I usurped you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so brand new GM in season two. Um, you're you're taking the reins, which means by extension, I get to be a player in season two, uh, which I am. 
thrilled about it. I cannot wait for you guys to meet my character. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I am excited and terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Uh, what else is changing? Um, well, um, obviously with this player shakeup, um, the characters are all being shaken up. Totally new characters, totally new crew. How they come together um, is going to be completely explored in season two. Um, the other big, big thing that we are changing about season two is um, the setting um, to a degree. Um, typically Slug Blaster, uh, takes place in the multiverse. Our, you know, Earth is part of this multiverse. It is referred to as Null because it's kind of a nowhere place. Um, because, you know, teens in this small town, uh, go and explore all these fantastical places and then come back to their boring old small town. And that's, that's the typical setting for Slug Blaster. Um, and I was like, yo, Nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Not gonna do it. So instead of um, being teens in a small town in Null slash Earth, um, you are all teens in a different dimension called Operablum, which is basically a cyberpunk dystopia um, featuring corporate mega towers that are warring against each other. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that's, I mean, that is my next question is what is the deal with Operablum? Because we, we did visit Operablum in season one. So season one listeners may be broadly familiar with this as a setting, um, but we very much visited it as uh, outsiders. We were, you know, mm -hmm. playing characters from our regular world visiting this fantastical dimension. Whereas now this new season, this is, this is home for these characters. This is yes. where they're from. So what is Operablum all about? So uh, the deal with Operablum is uh, this entire livable area of this dimension are these three gigantic, hundreds of stories high mega towers. Um, the rest of the dimension is completely covered in this toxic fog. Um, so if you are in Operablum, you are in these three towers. That's that is the only way that you can be there and survive. Um, the three towers, um, how I'm sort of breaking it down is that each one sort of has their own philosophy, um, partially related to how they cope with life on Operablum and also related to how they sort of exist in the broader multiverse. Um, and that sort of creates this, um, in my head, I consider it like a Coke versus Pepsi vibe, <laughs> where it's, you know, they're all kind of good or bad in their own ways. And they probably have more in common than not, but also um, they are very much opposed to each other in a lot of ways as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a dystopia no matter which tower you live in, but the, the yes. flavor of dystopia changes a little tower to tower. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, and uh, I am playing with all sorts of uh, different inspirations and touchstones for things like the technology and the aesthetic. This is stuff that we all uh, worked together to establish as well in our session zero that you can listen to on Patreon, wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I think the book makes a reference to Operablum as like raves, androids, mirror shades. You get it. So, you know, it's it's very much that. It's like hover trains. Um, why am I blanking on a second, third, and fourth thing? What is going on with my brain? <laughs> hover trains, robots, um, AI. You get it. Yeah. 
slight, uh, the, like always kind of drizzling all the time. Very, very rainy, very dark, very cyberpunk LED dystopia. Billboards. Oh yeah, yeah, big giant billboards taking up the sides of buildings. Yeah, we we get it. We got the you get the picture. it. Yeah. Um. So, what are you as as the new GM of the show, as the new slug master, as we call it in Quantum Kickflip? Uh, <laughs> what are you most excited about going into season two? Oh my god, everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, how do I narrow this down? Like, obviously the world is, like, so exciting to dig into, to, like, go more into Operablem and, and what it's about and explore the nuances of that. Honestly, that's something I'm a little more nervous about because um, it's very... There's a lot, right? I think anytime you explore a sci-fi setting, you want to make sure that you're giving enough information that the world feels like something that you can really live in, but not so much that you get overwhelmed and bogged down by the exposition. Yeah, Slug Blaster um, is very much a uh, high fly and hoverboard and action adventure sort of a game. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, it's it's tricky to walk that line and not get bogged down in the details of like, well, but how do the hoverboards hover? <laughs> yeah. And and to be fair, and uh, to give a lot of credit to Mikey, the creator of Slug Blaster, um, I feel like his approach to sort of the tone and sci-fi and fantastical elements of the game have been like very evocative um, while also just saying, hey, don't stress too much. Like how do hoverboards hover? Simple. They they carve through the space-time slush that covers everything. <laughs> don't yeah. worry about it um <laughs> yeah so that, I think... that balance of uh detailed and specific but also completely fantastical and ridiculous is is what draws me to this game and what makes me love it so much mm -hmm. so i'm very i want to be very very careful about trying to continue to strike that balance between like just enough sci-fi stuff that it feels uh, uh, like something you can really sort of sink your teeth into um, with just the right amount of don't worry about it that we still remember <laughs> to like have fun with the game. <laughs> uh, and we're um, already having a ton of fun with it and are going to continue yay. to. Um, I, I can't wait for the listeners to hear it, which begs the final question of this interview. Uh, when does season two of Quantum Kickflip premiere? When can people hear it? Uh, you can listen to the premiere of season two in just one week's time on Wednesday, October 5th, anywhere you get your podcasts, or Monday, October 3rd on Patreon, wink, wink. Get it. All right. And with that, let's uh, let's throw it over to the trailer so everyone can get just as hype and excited as we are. Uh, thank you for uh, spending this time with us and listening to this little season two preview. Uh, I've been Robin. I've been Lena. And we'll see you in season two. Bye. In the warring megatowers of a cyberpunk dystopia, four teenagers use their modified hoverboards to sneak into other dimensions. It's dangerous. It's stupid. It's completely outlawed by the giant corporations that own the entire world. And it's the coolest thing ever. This is Slug Blaster. Friendly is going to use her beam like a grappling hook. Scampion, foam jet right to the center of the disc. A bunch of lightning just sort of crackles around him. This is our chance to put our crew on the map. Yes, it pleases me to know that I have done well. At the last possible moment, you fire. Quantum Kickflip returns with an all-new adventure. Season 2 premieres Wednesday, October 5th.